Hello and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend Ann Chavruta, your Dana Ozband. Our daf of the day, Masachet Megillah, daf Yudchet, page 18. So the part of this daf that I'd like to talk about is expanding. The Mishnah gave us a whole slew of details about what will what is required or you know what will negate the fulfillment of the mitzvah of reading the Megillah. So the Gemara here begins with a citation from the Mishnah, if you read the Megillah by heart, meaning you know it by heart, and so many of us do, or at least snippets here and there, the Mishnah says that you do not fulfill your obligation. So the Gemara now asks, Manalan, where is that from? How do we know that reading by heart is not going to be sufficient? Amarava, Atya Zachira Zachira, Ketiv Hacha Vayamima Elaniz Karim, Oktiv Hatam Ketov Zot Zikaron Basefer. So this term zechira, meaning remembrance or memory, right? The the we ha- have two verses use the remembrance. The first one is here, and and then it also uses. We have the same root shoresh, the same root of the word in a verse in the book of Exodus. Write the remembrance of, and there we're talking about Amalek, um, in in the book. Malahalan Basefer, Afkan Basefer. So the same way that the story of about Amalek, meaning the the discussion as it was written in the context of of Sefer Shemot, is about specifically reading from a book. So to here we're going to derive that the Megillah, the Zikaron, the remembrance of the Megillah, must also be through something that was written in a book, and then you read it from the book and not um, not just by heart. So I, I would say, Yardena, this is one of those examples, I think, where we can say, you know, clearly they knew that they wanted to establish that they were going to, you have to read it from the text, and now we're going to come up with a Zahira Zahira remembrance way to make sure we'll I think that it's clear as opposed to saying, you know, let's take the Zechira of Esther and the Zechira of Shemot and see what we can learn from it, which is not how this is presented. Okay, the Gemara goes on. So the Gemara then wants to know, and I think it's a fine question, how do we know, that's for me to do, how do we know that remembrance, meaning the remembrance as it's, when it's talking about Amalek, um, and likewise, this about the Megillah, how do we know that what it means is reading out loud from a book? Meaning, so you're talking about it should be written in the book, but how do you know that the the fulfillment of this zahira of this remembrance, is done through reading out loud from a book? Dilma iun ba'alma. Maybe you just have to look at the book, and then you could read it silently to yourself. Lo salkadaitach. So the Gemara says, no, that would not, it does not enter your mind to say that. Why not? Dichtiv zachor yachol balev. Because we know from elsewhere, meaning specifically in discussing Amalek, and in this case, the verse was cited here from from Devarim, from the book of Deuteronomy, where the whole discussion of it is, again, remember what Amalek did to you. Can you do that remembrance, Balev? Can you do it in your heart as opposed to out loud? Kishahu omer lo tishkach shichichat halev amor. So the mitzvah, part of the mitzvah of, of remembering and not forgetting um, what Amalek did is the phrasing of lotishkach, don't forget. And this is described to be the forgetting from the heart, right? 
הרי שיכרה לב אמור, מה אני מקיים זכור בפה. So then we understand from that that the way we fulfill or the way we uphold the mitzvah of zechira, of remembering, is through this not to forget. What does it mean not to forget? You can't just do it in your heart. It has to be bapeh, meaning out loud, in your mouth, which means here out loud. So I, I would say that all of this really speaks to the fact that um, reading the Megillah, the mitzvah is reading the Megillah or hearing the Megillah, but the idea of it is that the, the very essence of the Megillah is is fulfills a remembrance phenomenon that we're supposed to do, right? And the way we do that is is out loud and from a text. I would say just um, tangentially, um, I would just note that my grandfather, who's no longer alive, was a fifth generation Balkore, meaning he read from the Torah. He, he was the fifth in his family, the fifth generation in his family to read from the Torah. And he was, and he taught Barmy boys. Um, and at some point, some boys to read for the bar mitzvah, including my whole family, meaning all the grandchildren. And he was adamant that you could not learn your bar mitzvah parsha by heart. And the the Gemara here is not talking about these same motivations as my grandfather's, but my grandfather's concern was in part, I mean, besides the fact that it's also a mitzvah to see the Tofri, the Sefer Torah, you're reading from the Torah scroll, but also what happens is when people are very confident in what they know, they are also, as it happens from someone who's a Uh, adept at reading the Torah, you are at risk of um, of making mistakes, meaning you're not ever supposed to trust yourself enough when your mitzvah is to do the reading. And my grandfather really did know the Torah pretty much by heart, uh, certainly large passages by heart. And when he was reading, he would always read, you know, with a pointer, the yad, and reading from the scroll. So I understand that that's not the Megillah's, that's not Mesach Megillah's discussion of the Megillah, But I think that it's part of this need to have things not be by heart when there's a mitzvah that it be written. First, we've got the, the fact that it has to be actually written down and also read out loud. And through that, we fulfill the mitzvah of Zechira, the remembrance of real, the whole story. So, uh, you know, I like the idea there that it's, you really have to read the Megillah itself, that there's none of this sort of, you know, um, memorizing it or doing it by heart there's something about the act of reading itself um that's very important and i do think we concentrate on words differently when we read it as opposed to reciting it like think about a poem or a song that you can recite by heart the act of reading is different um i think you understand the words differently they're they sink in in a different way and so I, i'm going to jump to the um next stop, which talks about a different type of by heart, which is now writing by heart. And they were getting into a whole discussion about who is writing a Megillah and yet at the same time can sort of read the Megillah. And what did that actually mean? How did they actually do that? So they go back to that and they say the following, Gufa, I'm a Rabbi Barchana, I'm a Rabbi Yochanan. So they want to look at Rabbi Barchana's statement about this topic, right, where he said, Uh, that essentially, you're not allowed to write one letter of the Torah, right? Unless it's, or from the Tanakh, actually, unless it's from a written text itself, right? And so now the Gemara basically says, right? They're going to say, wait, we have a brisa to object to this. I'm a Rabbi Shimon ben Alazar. Rabbi Shimon ben Alazar reports the following. There was a story with Rabbi Meir. So first of all, this in itself is interesting. Rabbi Meir needed to go and um, 
intercalculate the year basically in Asia. And the understanding of this is, is that he wasn't allowed to do it in Eretz Yisrael. So he needed to go somewhere else to actually do it because of some type of, you know, edict that wasn't allowing them to be Kiddush HaChodesh. And he didn't have a Megillah. He happened to be around Purim time. He didn't have a Megillah. So what did he do? He wrote it by heart and he read it. So this seems to be the opposite of Rabbi Barachana's statement. I'm a Rabbi Avahu. So Rabbi Avahu says, Shani Rabbi Meir, Demakayim Beiv Afafech, Afafapecha, Yashira Negdecha. Right? Rabbi Meir was different because he fulfilled sort of this verse, and they quote a passage from Mishlei, chapter 4, verse 25, and let your eyelids look straight before you. Right? What, what does this mean? Amarle, Rami Barachama, Rabbi Yirmiya, Midipti. So Rabbi Chama, uh, Rami Barachama said to Rabbi Yirmiya, Dipti, my va'af apecha yashura negdcha. What does this pasuk mean? Amarlo elu divrei Torah. This is referring to the word, right, which can be hard to remember. Dichtibuchu ha'atif einachabove neno, right? And it says uh, in a different part of of Mishlei, chapter twenty three, verse five, right, that you uh, when we talk about something written, will you glance upon it, right, like quickly ha'atif, right? With your eyes, it's already gone, right? But but with Rabbi Meir, they remained they they remained exact. In other words, what Rabbi Meir we could say, right? Let, let your eyelids look straight before you. He could look at something. Basically, he had a photographic memory, and he could remember it. So even though normally we say you look at something and don't remember it, that wasn't the case with Rabbi Meir. So I think that's what they're describing here is basically a photographic memory. So now they tell another story that's similar to this. Rav Chisa once found Rav Hananel writing basically a Torah scroll and he was not copying it from a written text. And so he basically says to him, are we allowed to write an entire Torah by your mouth, meaning relying on your memory? Like he's asking this sort of facetiously. Right? This is what our Chachamim said, right? And he quotes the statement that Rabbi Barachana says, which is the entire Torah has to be written, uh, you know, it's a sword to write one letter that's not written from a written text. Right? So, you know, so uh, so what we basically say here is, wait, but didn't we just say Rabbi Meir? He wrote a Megillah. And so basically the Gemara answers, no, that was a Shat Hatzchak. In other words, Rabbi Meir was allowed to do it because he could rely on the fact that he knew he was an expert. He knew he wouldn't have had a Megillah. But yes, that's not something that we typically or normally should do. And then finally we say, Abai Shrei Bar Abayit allowed a sofer, basically, from the sofers from the house of Ben Chabu to write to fill in a mezuzot that were not copied from a pre-existing text. Keman, and so they say, okay, well, whose opinion is this? We just went through that you're really not allowed to do this. Ki hai tana, so we say it's according to this uh, tana, and Ditanya was taught in a brisa, Rabbi Yermi HaMer Mishum Rabbeinu, Rabbi Yermi said in the name of our master, meaning Rabbi Yehuda HaNasi, tefillinu mezuzot nichtabot shalom inaktav, so tefillin and mezuzot, those can be written not from a written text, and they also don't require scoring. 
right? Which is the parchment has to have the lines etched into it and uh, it's filling them as so don't need that. And so finally, the Gemara concludes, concludes, right? Tefillin don't need that scoring. Okay, mezuzot tzorchein tritu, but mezuzah do. Ediv edin ichtavot shalomin ektavot. But both of those do not need to be written straight off of a written text. My taima, why me grasp grisim, right? Because they're short. Basically, they're well-known. They're well-understood. And that's something that's easy to commit to heart. It's understandable that I think if we're talking about the importance of Torah Shabbat, that should be allowed to be, um, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, something that could be written off of by memory. Like, I think that's exactly the point. It is Torah Shabbat, as opposed to something that's Torah Shabbat, you know, if you're writing it down, obviously that's going to be written down by memory. And I think that's exactly what we're doing here in the Gemara we see what happens when you start to record things that are just by memory and not necessarily feed written tests. So I almost feel like the Gemara in itself is a proof of why a Sefer Torah itself had to be copied from another uh, existing Sefer Torah. Wonderful. Yes, exactly. I think that's exactly right. And, you know, we all dupe ourselves into thinking that we know exactly the lyrics of that song or the poem that you had to memorize for class until you got marked down because you didn't get it exactly right. And yes, some people, some few people have, you know, truly photographic memories and forget nothing, but they are by far the few and far between and not whom this Gemara is talking to. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Revenue Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hydrum website. Let us know what you thought about the stop on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.